Good afternoon and welcome yet again to another episode of Never Punt, Comma, Never Parlay. It's championship week. I'm excited to be here. I'm your host, Parker Fleming. Alongside me, as always, my co-host, Douglas Farmer. Uh, Douglas, how are you today? You know, Parker, I'm doing pretty well. We've reached championship week. We have some futures to get to that bring us ever-living hope. And we have some, some games where there are intriguing possibilities and we're going to hit most of them. We're going to hit nine out of the 10 with, with interest. And of course we will talk about the 10th anyway. And it, it gets to the point in the year where there's a little bit, it's harder to find value in the board because the bookmakers are sharper when there's fewer games. So it's good to remember that good to acknowledge it up top that it, it gets tougher this time of year. Be cautious. Don't bet games just because there are fewer games. Yeah, that's, a, that's absolutely a good word. And we're seeing some of that market efficiency crop up here as, as some line movements in the last couple uh, days and even even the last couple hours has been very very last couple of minutes. interesting. We are uh, of course part of the Hammer uh, network of, of content creators. We are on Hit the Books HQ, the YouTube uh, channel. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to that. Make sure you check out the Hammer. Uh, you can find you know all their stuff, sports, NHL, NBA, all sorts of offseason stuff. NFL still going strong. So even as college football is. Uh, a couple of weeks away, we got some ball games, but even as college football is 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 uh, winds down in the next couple of weeks, Hammer has a ton of great content out there. So make sure you check that out. In the meantime, while you're here, uh, would love to see you in the comments. Tell us your favorite bets. There's only ten games, so we're covering. We're going to cover all of them. Tell us your favorite plays. Tell us where your uh, where your eye is on the board this week, and uh, should be a fun should be a fun show as we try to cover ten games in our in our forty minutes. We'll we'll see if we can get through them. We do um, already have Dusk in the comments. Dusk, we love you too. Appreciate you showing up every week. Loves a loves a big word, but oh, love the show. Okay, that's great. <laughs> I thought he said we love you, and I was like, loves a big word. Appreciate, yeah, no, appreciate you being here. Thank you. It's been uh, been a lot of fun. All right, we'll do a recap. We were uh, three and three last week. Uh, I I want to say four and three, even though we added that there because the Sam Houston. Uh, cashed. So Douglas, you were two and one. I was two and two. Saved my bacon on the impulse last week, which is a perverse incentive uh, for can making get, impulse decisions. But, can I get a little bit of pat on the back as the one who recommended? Hey Parker, have you thought about the money line at all? Can I get a little bit love of? It. Love that. Love that. Absolutely. Uh, brain is fried here on a Tuesday. Always love the uh, this the 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 voice on my shoulder telling me to do the right thing. And uh, we are we're both up now to twenty one and sixteen. I you have that in the note, but does that mean I'm twenty two and sixteen because of the same? Well, let's, play? again, as the one who recommended it, let's just split the credit for that in half. And I'm taking full I'm taking full credit to that. We're tied um, on the season on show plays at twenty one and sixteen. I have fought my way back. And while I want us to go six and zero every week, if we have to go five and one, I want to be the three and zero. If we have to go four and three, I want to be the two and one. Uh, I I like it. No, I, I like the competition aspect absolutely. Uh, I'm up by a game is uh, is is what the the bottom line is uh, there. Producer Jacob, you can't throw that in the chat. But, I I was the one who suggested it. I want. But we'll see. Here. But we'll see. Uh, speaking of just getting into recap and looking back and last week, Sam Houston state, I mean, by all accounts should have lost that game. It was very, very funny. <laughs> That's not the funniest part about this though. The funniest part about that game is that like middle Tennessee decided they were just going to fight Sam Houston after the game. And so they missed a field goal and, uh, did it. You can see over there on the, did we really get beat that bad chart that, uh, Sam Houston was the, the biggest point differential or biggest accessory differential 
uh, for for a winner um, in uh, it last last week. They um, got outgained by almost uh, sixty yards. They you know, just uh, turnovers helped them and uh, they capitalized on some finishing drives and they played that scrappy, lovable Sam Houston state football, finishing the season three and nine. Good for them. They've been good to us at times this year with, with that, but uh, altogether a, a hilarious performance there to cash, not only the underdog uh, against the spread, but as, as an outright, uh, outright win too. You mentioned that fight and I just pulled up the video to make sure I had my memory correct. I don't have his name in front of me, but you of all people should appreciate giving credit. Sam Houston State had a, I presume, a defensive lineman wearing number zero who, as that fight starts, puts his helmet back on to get into the scrum. That is being a smart big man right there. Credit to Sam Houston State, number zero, whoever you are. You know how to handle those things. In a game that did not include a fight, but perhaps should have, maybe it would have been more entertaining, Michigan 30, Ohio State 24, again, an anomaly on the did you really get beat that board spread chart. Uh, Michigan, I felt, kind of controlled that game. Yes, absolutely. This is a, a an, another interesting one because Michigan did have a negative success rate differential. We saw that Ohio State did have more opportunities and they blew those opportunities. They punted um, instead of going for it. They they missed a couple field goals. They had a couple turnovers and uh, Michigan really got into cruise control and does Michigan things. So yep. Ohio State, I think I think when you, when you see that negative success rate bar, what you want to say is Ohio State had their opportunities. And then they didn't capitalize on them early. And then Michigan said, I dare you to come back and beat us and just knew they couldn't. So uh, it's it's always it's always nebulous. And again, I don't make any claims like, did this team actually lose? But, you know, you'll see fans quoting and be like, oh, I didn't know Michigan. I didn't know Michigan actually lost. Didn't say they actually lost, but it does tell you a lot about the game with one stat there uh, of a negative success rate. Say like, if Ohio State had capitalized on some opportunities, Michigan would have had to do something different on offense, and we haven't necessarily seen Michigan be able to do the keep up with a good offense. Uh, yeah, so we're that's probably gonna, interesting. We're probably going to come back to that thought to close the show. We're not there yet. Michigan Iowa is the last item on the agenda. Then there was Tulane, yeah. uh, kind of like Michigan relied on turnovers to put Ohio State behind the ball. Tulane relied on turnovers. UTSA was a minus four in the turnover margin. Frank Harris throws two interceptions, and that allowed Tulane to dictate the game on the ground. And that, as somebody who had a nice UTSA future, I was very disappointed to see that's how that game went. But credit to Tulane. you got to make the most of those opportunities, and they did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like that was uh, I'm, I'm all over the place now. Was this the, I took this uh, this over on the show, correct? I don't think you took this here. I think uh, I took it somewhere else. That's great. I'm, I'm all over the Internet. You uh, you did not have an over here uh, because that would have been even more shocking than Parker Fleming taking two unders. I took yeah, I took an over here and, and hate that they had a fumble and a downs and a downs and a turnover. Like just I mean, just absolutely it was the Utah, it was the Houston game again. There's three UTSA games under Jeff Trailer that have just been infuriating. Uh this one, the Houston game earlier this season, and then the Troy Bowl game last week or last year, where they just they absolutely should have covered. They should have won outright all three of those, and they just turnovers and they blew it away. So that was just a kind of a, it, it does feel like Jeff Trailer has a couple of, and a couple of those in him, especially with Frank Harris at quarterback. Um, great, very fun team. Great season for being in the mix for the conference championship, moving up a level. Very, very impressive, but uh, very, very frustrating this weekend to see that. Um, Washington survive in advance. I, I, I don't know, you know, good enough. It, I, I think the only thing to take away is like Michael Penix feels bad. <laughs> <laughs> that might matter. Um, I don't know if he was like vomiting, but he did not celebrate and got helped they off the field. Covered with him a up. Towel like they, yeah, they yeah. hit him from cameras. Uh, I don't, I don't, 
I'm not going to speculate. It's not a great look yeah. as you go into one of the, maybe the biggest game this weekend. Uh, the other big game last weekend, which it, it defied comprehension. It was exactly what we predicted, although a few too many points for your taste. If not for that last touchdown, that that fourth and 31, that absurdity to the corner, the corner, the corner, you would have cashed that under. Uh, Alabama 27, Auburn 24. Alabama will not die. Tap the sign. This team will not die. Yep. And uh, and again, feel like I had the narrative exactly exactly 100% on point Important. there. And perversely knew, knew that I was going to lose the under and knew that I had to root to lose the under because of my Alabama futures. When Auburn scored again, I was like, yep, I don't even care if this could stay under. I don't want Auburn. I don't want the under to hit here. I don't want uh, Auburn to win. A three to one ticket matters more than a, a yep. one week under. Absolutely. Uh, speaking so, of to take the L there. Yeah. Speaking of some of our futures, win totals are in the in the barn. All numbers are tallied except for Army. I am still waiting on an Army to lose to Navy, and if Army loses to Navy, I will win that bet. If Army wins, I push. As is, Parker, you lose uh, 0.85 units on your win total bets. I win 2.52 on my win total bets. We net one and two-thirds units. That's We'll take it. We'll take it. It's in the black. Yeah, well, it, and, and that does not count our um, conference futures. That is just uh, just win, win totals. totals. Okay, and I was going to say, I'm just going to I'm just going to bet a hundred thousand dollars on Texas to win, and then uh, and then I'm going to come out and I'm going to win either way with the Big Twelve championship. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if that math is adding up as you wanted to. Uh, I do include my misguided USC pick at Notre Dame. In my 2.52 on pure win totals, I was plus 3.52. And let's take a moment. Let's take one second here to give a tip of the cap in appreciation to Auburn National Championship winning head coach, North Carolina defensive coordinator, Gene Shizik, turning a 6-0 and team into an 8-4 and win total, cash the under 8.5. Well done, Gene Shizik and Mac Brown. How do you do it? I don't know. Yeah, just just a beautiful piece of work there. One of those like real life memes of the Undertaker coming out of the coffin and sitting up because you thought it was open or you thought it was over, it was, uh, you know, immediately. Over, and, oh well, my goodness! Remember when they when they beat South Carolina? We we were ready to pack it in then. Good grief! What a disgrace! Well, yep. they're not. They don't matter this week. I shouldn't spend so much time on it. What does matter Can this I, week is yes. Oh, can I point out while we're before we get to this week, because you were segueing great, and I just love derailing a good segue. I do want to point out, I believe Colorado State uh win total was uh five for me. If you bet that when you should have, you got that at four or four and a half, and you won. We bet that one late. That's a perfect example of shopping not just across for different lines, but across time. Um, and so there that I will say. Personally, that, that was a loss on the show. That was not a long-term uh, loss because you could get it at four and a half earlier in the earlier in the offseason before it got uh, steamed a little bit. I don't know if I have one of these I can claim. I'm just going to remain bitter about Stanford beating Washington State. Washington State. Wait. So uh, dumb. So, so, so. Just I'm such nasty work. We should continue. We should continue so I don't start cursing. You were really, you really living on the edge because you've got the Navy and the Army. Here, uh, Navy's and, already Navy's already in. Yeah, Navy, uh, but Navy already hit. So you just need Navy to win this weekend, perversely, to get those. Yeah, those, those a crash course for some fine line there. But I like how it worked out. Absolutely. Yeah, but there's a there's a personal problem that I may have some Air Force commission uh, uh, commanders in chief money, and now I need that to push. And for that to push, I need Navy. I need Navy oh. to win. Ooh, I think, I'd be I interested in, what. can we do a segue on how they grade that for a second? Because Army be a has the 
It Harvey has be, the trophy. Uh, I my I've read to my understanding the book I placed today. It will be a push, and I need Navy to win. I need Navy to win for the win total. I I need I am I am a little invested. Army in Navy this weekend. technically next weekend retains it. If Army loses, yep, they retain it. But that it, retain is not win, Parker. Retain is interesting. Not win. That's fun. That's fun. Read the fine print. Yeah, read read the fine print. That's uh, great. A little. I'm 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 trying not to think about that game too much just yet. I believe I checked before the show just to reiterate. Army is a two point favorite, which is a line I disagree with. But that's a different we, conversation for another time. We need to get to shows. It is. We need to get to shows. Can I just lastly say Auburn over seven was a good bet. That was the right side. I'm okay with that. Oh yeah, no, that's I'd I do it again. Did I, did I caption that in our spreadsheet yeah. here? Of no, LOL, no, I'm just LOL, looking. LOL, I'm lost. looking at the future. Yeah, I honestly, that was the right side. I don't feel bad about that at all. Like, and Air Force was a great bet because it started out what six and oh, seven and oh, eight and oh, and then just collapsed. And I don't you, get over yeah. eight and a half. Like that was brutal. You, you got to pull off one, but you no, know, we're gonna. Yeah, yeah. Let's, Does let's Air go. Force have like mod? Did Air Force have like mono or something? We can't do this. We should do this in the offseason. We should go through all this. But yeah, that just just some malaise. Golly. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are conference championship games this weekend. We have futures on some of them. We have bets on others. We're going to run through them in chronological order because that made the most sense to me. And that starts with New Mexico State Liberty Friday night at seven Eastern. A to some, maybe a lackluster start to conference championship week. But I'm intrigued by it because New Mexico State has become a bludgeoning tool. And what's curious to me about this game is Liberty's defense is vulnerable to big plays. New Mexico State's offense doesn't really rattle off big plays. A weakness versus a weakness, I'm betting on the offense to come out in favor on that, at which point, yes, I'm taking New Mexico State plus 10.5. I believe that is available at neg 110 at Caesars. And I'm happy to be on the right side of the number. I'm maybe factoring in a little bit that Jamie Chadwell might get distracted this week. Don't rule it out. And if that were to occur, that would really help my case. And that's why you will also hear me say I'm putting a quarter of a unit on a New Mexico State money line at plus 325. That is just a little bit of Chadwell thinking that maybe he's distracted. But mostly here, I'm betting the inexplosive offense against the explosive weakness defense breaks in the inexplosive offense's favor. That makes a lot of sense. New Mexico State, kind of how they beat you, they're very balanced, and they're just going to say, we're going to put pressure on both your run and pass, and whichever one breaks, we're going to try to exploit it. Liberty, 97th in EPA per pass allowed, 96th in EPA per rush allowed. Not great overall. There is some opportunity uh, there. Liberty is getting a lot better as the season goes, which I think is, again, I'm just planting my flag as uh, – or taking a victory lap, wrong metaphor. Uh, taking a victory lap there, just saying, like, I expect the Chadwell offense to open up as um, – they installed it and they understood it better. That offense is up to 15th in EPA per play when you adjust for opponents. So feel pretty uh, good that that worked out there. This will be a really, really fun one to watch. I do. I did have some interest in Liberty minus 10. Um, you go, you, you 10 and a half is obviously a little bit closer there, but um, uh, I, so I'm, I'm a little bit on the other side of that. Not enough for the, for the beer bet because the odds are different. I don't want to take 10 and a half, but uh, I was I was actually leaning towards Liberty on this one. All right. I hear your doubt. I'll, I'll remember that for next week. I'll, I'll file that away. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'm going to be worried about Friday night is Oregon, Washington. We touched on Michael Penix question marks earlier. I am sitting on a plus 360 Washington future. I would prefer they be playing anybody else in this game because then Washington would be favored and be a very easy hedge for me. 
as is, I'm going to sit here and just be anxious. I don't think I'm going to do anything with that game aside from be anxious. Oregon is a nine and a half point favorite. Yeah, hard to uh, just it's it's hard to get a read on where Washington is right now. We talked about that a little bit there, but I think that the biggest thing that stands out to me is Washington's defense is down to 28th in EPA per play, and particularly they're down to 94th in points per quality possession allowed, 3.76. What was the difference in the first game? Oregon didn't finish a couple of possessions. Uh, they've gotten a lot better at that. They're at second in points per echo. What I'm interested in, and I hope it doesn't change, I'm interested in how does Dan Lanning's decision-making oh, change? Oh, absolutely. It I, should not. It should not change. If it what's was the, the name right of this show? In, what's the, the name of this show? Right. Don't punt, Dan Lanning. Don't do it. I would be – I would – if I was conducting a coaching search and Dan Lanning clammed up in this game, red flags everywhere to me because the process is either right or it's not. Um, and uh, and I think it was right, and I would like to see them be aggressive again. Also, just for fun, what a flex it would be for Dan Lanning to like go for it on a fourth down and score a touchdown and win the game. You know, like I, I think that moment sets up really nicely as well. Um, but I do think that they, they should trust the process, but that is a variable I'm watching here just to see as he – is trying to win, um, does he get more conservative? I, I hope he does not because I do believe he was right in the first game. When you have an 11 against a 10, you double down. It's not comfortable. You're uneasy, but you double down, and that's what Dan Lanning has to do. That said, I still want my plus 360 to come home. Yeah, right, right. So uh, it's, a, it's a fine line, absolutely. And 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 Oregon, negative nine is a little too much for you to um, you to try to hedge. Um, I'm not going to like put myself in an awkward position of having Oregon by nine and the money line there is going to take away almost all of my value. Um, yeah. I will say I was surprised to see it at nine, nine and a half. If I, if I didn't have this future, I would be taking some Washington already because nine, like, Michael Penix may or may not be hurt. We don't, we don't know. We don't know. This is a very uncertain situation. That offense can keep this game to one possession or a possession and a half and then backdoor it. Like nine and a half is a big number. If it goes 10, um, yeah, I would hit it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's get a little, let's go a little action in here. Let's squeeze a little action in, uh, as we, as we can. Um, Douglas, can I just, I just want to phrase this statement in the form of the question. Miami's defense is good enough to muck this game up where they could hit an explosive play on offense and win the game. One I'm singular explosive play on offense and win the game. I'm going to stall for a second just to make this soundbite long enough that producer Jacob can clip it because you simply said Miami's defense and now in the wrong context, people are going to think you're talking about the Hurricanes <laughs> and not the Red Hawks. Miami of Ohio's defense is good enough that this could become a thing. And much like my New Mexico State Liberty thought, Jason Candle might be distracted this week. It uh, doesn't look like he's going to get the Syracuse job, but would anybody be surprised if he's up for some others? I, uh, in part because of that, in part because I don't know how Miami of Ohio has gotten here, but they have. It's a credit to Chuck Martin. It's a credit to that defense. And I'm going to bet on that defense. This number is sitting at plus seven and a half pretty much everywhere. Oh, we got an eight. Producer Jacob comes through for me. And get eight nice. at Bet River Sugar House. We always love it. And this is why, folks, this is why one. It's nice that producer Jacob checking the lines. What's he doing? He's using a bet comparison tool like betstamp.app. We recommend using one of those because it's the easiest way to improve the sports better. Use multiple sports books. Always get the best odds. Why do we specify that that bet was at Bet Rivers slash Sugar House? They're the same operation, just different names. Because that way you can go to that QR code up in the corner, 
scan it and get a quick sign up page to bet rivers or sugar house and get that bet in before it changes you want that because that's the easiest way to get best value best odds and you do it and save time and money appreciate your help today producer jacob give me that plus eight go to betstamp.app slash hit the books should be in the show description should be in the comment section use that to get these easy betting tools getting me that plus eight is a great example and then on top of that I'm going to, again, take the healthy money line on an underdog. And again, producer Jacob gets me a better line. Quarter of a unit on Miami, Ohio at plus 250 is available at Caesars. Available at Caesars. And I, in some respect, I'm hoping one of those underdogs wins outright and I'm in the green. And I don't, ha- I don't have to worry about a whole lot else. That's kind of the thought here. I'm playing a little risky on conference championship weekend, but I'm willing to bet on Miami, Ohio's defense and Chuck Martin when the time has finally come for them to win this conference. Another thing to watch that makes me interested in the underdog here, Miami, huge field position advantage against Toledo, which low bar, pretty easy to do. But uh, fifth in starting field position on offense, whereas Toledo is 72nd. They're third in starting field position allowed on defense, whereas Toledo is 47th. So again, you've got some margins going in your favor. All Miami needs is a couple explosive plays. And let me give you some optimism on this play. Toledo's defense, 34th in defensive success rate allowed. 73rd in EPA per play. When your EPA is worse than your success rate, you're giving up those explosives. The the tender is there. Look, we've set up the logs. We got a little tender. The the conditions are right. Everything's dry. All we need is the spark here. And I think Miami can do this. I don't think I've ever made a prediction ahead of the weekend of the, did you really get beat that bad chart? What you're suggesting to me is if Miami, Ohio wins this game, it's probably going to be on the left side of that chart nonetheless. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Capitalize on some field position, a couple of big plays, win me the ball game. That's good enough for me. And the other thing to mention here is, again, much like New Mexico State, I got 10 and a half there. I'm getting seven and a half. I'm on the right side of the number, and I'm willing yep. to stick with it. Yep, love that. Absolutely love that. That'll be fun. With Yeah, the Miami wins if that one's nasty. That one might be nasty anyway, but uh, I think that's the way that Miami wins if it's a nasty Game. Uh, speaking of nasty games, let's go ahead and go over to the Big 12. Not so much because this is going to be a nasty game, but because we've got a lot of orange here. There's just a whole lot of orange in Texas and Oklahoma State. Analysis. Um, analysis. Uh, Oklahoma State, Texas, uh, 14 and a half. I think you can get it some places. Um, I Here, I'm going to open the floor to you. Douglas, what's your advice for me holding an Oklahoma State ticket uh, here? I think that what I'm going to do, and I'll just let you evaluate it and and do some analysis here in a minute. Uh, Texas minus 14 and a half is my move. I think this is right. I have this on the numbers. I think that Oklahoma State's rushing attack is good, but Texas's interior is so stout. Uh, Oklahoma State 19th in EPA per rush. Texas is second in EPA per rush. I don't believe that Oklahoma State's going to be able to generate success to stay ahead of the chains. We've seen Oklahoma kind of have a senior spring the last couple of weeks against some of these new Big 12 schools. I think they've actually kind of gotten handled on the uh, on the lines a little bit worse than they thought. And against Texas, that's absolutely going to be a disadvantage for them. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and go with Texas as the favorite here. Now, knowing that, knowing that I have the, the 65 to 1, talk to me. First of all, let's make it clear. That was an official show play. The 14 and a half yes. Texas. That's a show play. In our futures picks, we have that. We both have a, a tenth of a unit on 65 to 1. And Parker, let's say off the top, hedging conversations are always personal preference. There is no true math. There is no, no, the smartest and sharpest gamblers, there's no true math 
to hedging. It comes down to how comfortable you are with what's at stake. We have a tenth of a unit at 65 to 1. We're going to speak in dollars here to make it a little simpler. We have $10 on 65 to 1. So we could win 650. And you know what? For your future stake, that would about cover everything you did. Every You could lose everything else and you'd come near covering, which is what you're hoping for. If you were looking to just guarantee profit, that gets tough with two touchdown underdog. Uh, you can't quite get down to neg 600. You get down to neg 650 to make the math easier and because it's more commonly available, I'm going to call it neg 700. So you could bet $70 on Texas to win back your 10 or you then have a 90. Uh, you still have a massive profit available. You could bet $140 to guarantee yourself some profit. If you were like, hey, I need I need to make sure I get something out of this, I'd go as high as 210 guarantee yourself a $20 profit or a $440 profit, but it's all personal preference. What you are doing with this 14 and a half is not a hedge. What you are doing with that 14 and a half is a chance of losing everything. And that is, that is why we want to be very clear. That's not a hedge. That is a bet. If you want to assure you, in this instance, at 65 to 1, you could bet 210, bet 280 and still be guaranteeing yourself a significant profit. I am the kind of person who, look, I'm single. I don't have kids. I can take risks and I don't have anybody getting angry at me. I'm going to let these things ride more often than not because that's how I live much of life for better or for worse. I can understand anybody who wants to guarantee that profit. It, hedging is entirely a personal conversation. I'm actually would advise a reverse mo emotional hedge here to someone in my position. So you can take Texas as a favorite. You could take Texas as the money line, but you want to put little enough on it that if Oklahoma state wins, you can laugh because that's the funniest outcome here. Absolutely. Of just Mike Gundy winning this game would be absolutely hilarious. I've said it all season, funniest season of Mike Gundy's career, all off season. They lost the transfers. It was, it was toxic culture. They don't know what they're doing. It's Gundy washed and they, they lose to it. They get their, Breaks beaten off by a G5 Alabama. team that's actually not that good. And they get their breaks beaten off by UCF two weeks ago. And they're still here in the Big 12 championship with a legitimate shot to win the game. So and you're saying it's uh, funny on the fun. Mike Gundy scale. It's even funnier when you think the final Texas moment in the Big 12 will be losing a playoff bid to Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State. I guess if you're going to hedge, yep. Parker's got a great point. Limit yourself so that you still want all of the Oklahoma State profit because you also get the laughs. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if we can't laugh, what are we doing here? Uh, the other thing to point out about this that I think is just uh, just so special. Oklahoma State on offense, 97th in points per quality possession, 3.26 points per quality possession is what they're averaging. Texas, 116th on offense, averaging 2.93. Douglas, Texas is averaging less than a field goal when they get a first down inside the opponent. For and I, I don't even look this up anymore because I've been harping on Texas's finishing drives all season. I've said all season, it was going to cost them another game. It nearly did twice. Do you know how bad 2.93 is before Wake Forest played Notre Dame? Wake Forest was at 2.6. You should not be comparable to Wake Forest offense and be considered a playoff contender in any respect. That's how bad Texas is at finishing drives. It's comparable to Wake needed three quarterbacks this season forced. Yeah, it's uh, it's very very rough. It's certainly probably the deciding factor in like if Texas makes the playoff, I'm pretty sure I'm going to bet against them within reason on the line, just because I they can't finish, they can't finish drives, and that's going to come back to get them. Last week against Texas Tech, they were one for eight on touchdowns in uh, in quality possessions, one for eight. So and great, you, you generate eight of them, you you still got to score. We saw it with Ohio State last year. Great, you march down the field, cool. You can't score against Georgia, you can't score touchdowns, you're going to lose.
you want to be four for eight, five for eight, one of eight is inexcusable. But we need to keep yeah. moving because that's another item, much like Stanford beat in Washington State, that I will spiral on if we spend too much time on Texas finishing drives. We uh, The Mountain West turned to the computers to decide on this conference championship game. It got very confused, and it decided on Boise State at UNLV, Boise State going to Las Vegas, and Boise State still a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know how much home field gets baked in at this time of year. It should. Uh, game total of 58-and-a-half. Parker, you have some interest here. Yeah, I I, I like UNLV uh, as a favorite, actually. So I'm going to do what I did last week and take UNLV um, plus uh, – Oh my gosh, I should have this right here. Plus two and a half, minus 110, FanDuel, Caesars, wherever. You can get a lot of places. Uh, I'm also going to take UNLV on the money line. I think the best line I saw there was uh, plus 118 at Caesars. So I'm going to go, that's two separate plays there. I'm going to go full unit on both of those. I like this. Full unit. Uh, a good amount on both of these. Yeah. Boy. Um, oh boy. Uh, and, and I think a couple of things really, really stand out here. When UNLV's defense has been bad, it's been bad against the pass, 83rd in EPA per pass. That's not what Boise State's going to do. They're going to try to run. UNLV could credibly spy them. Uh, that being said, you, you know, uh, Boise State on offense, even in the passing game, does not have a great um, first option, obviously. Had some issues with the transfer portal. I think their next highest receiver is a 15% target share. So going to have to ask somebody to step up. Um, UNLV rushes a whole lot on offense. There's 6.8 points percentage points above average in terms of rush rate over expected, uh, but they're 40th in EPA per play. So there's that nice kind of mix of, hey, we're going to run on you, we're going to make a defender, and then we're going to hit efficiency. Boise State secondary has been not great. 85th in EPA per pass. Their rush game is 93rd. I like UNLV to get pointy. I like UNLV to score. I think Boise State will have some big runs. I absolutely do, but I do think that UNLV uh, is, is, is the right side here with their combination of uh, efficiency on the or explosiveness on the passing side and the fact that their defensive uh, strength matches up well with what Boise wants to do. So give me the Rebels at home. Give me uh, them uh, both money line and as a plus two and a half. Bold putting a full unit on that, but I'm all about it. I endorse it strongly. The uh, next game on the list, we had L, credit to L, in the comments half an hour before the show wondering about the SEC championship game. You love to see it. That has Bama at plus six. Parker, you're sitting on a three-to-one Bama to win the SEC future because Alabama will not die. What are you thinking for this one? Uh I, I think okay. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get I don't have a play. I'm not gonna play on this. I'm gonna sit back and just watch the zombie team uh and 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 see what they do. My number has this Georgia by about four and a half. Um yep. and I think that sounds about right. The smell test pretty pretty good there. Um and uh uh, yeah, look at looking at the numbers here. The biggest issue is Alabama's inconsistency on offense. We've seen that a team can try to physical, can can muck them up, can play coverage and get through to this offensive line. I don't think the offensive line for Alabama is bad, but we've seen that like if Milrow can't get rid of it quick, those late developing passes, he really couldn't throw many of those against Auburn at all. Uh, and I think Georgia's defensive front is going to be a lot better in terms of um, being able to disrupt that. Also, Douglas, what can Georgia do that Auburn can't? Pass most the ball. Things. Um, most things, but specifically, uh, Auburn can't pass the ball. George is going to be able to pass the ball. They've got Bowers back. McConkie's looking really good. They've got a lot of options there. They're uh, 12th in EPA per pass, third in passing success rate. So uh, I think I, 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 I really, the, the points here this gets, the more it favors Georgia. Again, obviously, 
you know, you want the low total if you're the underdog here. Um, that Auburn game, I think you could try to write it off a little bit as like Jordan Hare magic, but I do think that it was a good game plan to kind of expose the apparent flaws in Alabama. And I think Georgia has a pretty good blueprint of what to do to, to take care of business here. I did mean to crack a joke earlier when we were on Alabama Auburn. You know that uh, botched snap that went behind Milrow and he'd lose 10, 15 yards to get it? Was that self-awareness that it's it's the dink and bomb, and at that point they could not dink their way to the end zone, so he needed to create that much space for the bomb? I mean, three or 30, so you got to get back to 30. <laughs> I, I mention that now because – that's not going to work with Georgia. You make that kind of mistake, you are crippled. I was a little dismayed last week when Georgia didn't cover and beats Georgia Tech by only eight. And it went beyond just Georgia Tech's closing strongly. Georgia Tech had decent offensive success the entire game. And I have to think Georgia was looking ahead. I was hoping to see Georgia really clean up there so I'd have some confidence in a Georgia play this week. If I can convince myself Georgia was looking ahead, then I will probably take six. But I need to convince myself on that a little further. I That game, I, I thought Georgia had turned it on and could just dismiss Georgia Tech, and that did not occur. And, well, and, and I will say, in Georgia Tech's defense, uh, their offense is a little is scrappy. It's like legitimately good. I think they're like top 20 this is, this um, in Georgia's, paper play. Georgia's defense. This is Georgia. This is not okay, but this is not 2021. Like Georgia's defense is just good. It's not otherworldly, life-crushing, soul-altering. It's just very good. What was that string of adjectives? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> L is pointing out that maybe I missed it. Bowers and McConkey did not play against Georgia Tech. But again, my bigger problem was the Georgia defense. That wasn't they don't play defense. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh we yeah, should keep stands. moving. Uh we have we have my favorite game of the weekend. I got it home. I placed winning futures in the Sun Belt. Appalachian State, I've got you seven to one. Troy, I've got you at about three and a half to one. I am thrilled. I will relish in this. That game is going to be a joy. And obviously I'm cheering for Appalachian State because the payout is twice as good. Appalachian State is a six and a half point underdog, which I don't love. Yeah. Um, amazing that we're here. We've talked about it. We did the segment a little bit earlier that is just like, so how, how did we get here? So dumb. Um, but five we are here. It's streak. Five credit, James- credit to Appalachian State. Five game winning streak is a five game winning streak. James Madison should be in this game. I just want to say it out loud, but knowing that's a variable, whatever, we're past that. Um, a couple of things stand out to me here specifically. Um, I, I think Troy's really struggled to run the ball this season. Uh, they're 120th in EPA per rush, 104th in rushing success rate. Um, even as they are pretty balanced, what's really nice for Troy in this spot is that App State can't defend the run to save their lives. They're 127th in EPA per rush. Uh, and their rush rate over expected against is just one percentage point more. So um, teams are not like exploiting one weak unit or anything. And, like the, their defense really, really struggles in the run game. There is no outlier. Uh, and so I think that certainly favors Troy being able to run the ball. They are pretty balanced on offense. On, on defense, um, specifically, Troy is great at uh, finishing drives. They're 10th in points per echo allowed. They're also third and third and fourth down success allowed, which is where App State has made a little bit of hay. They're 27th in third and fourth down success on offense. So I see this matchup and I, I think all signs point to Troy for me here um, as, as, as who should win this game. I've got this at, at about exactly six. So I don't know if there is a value play uh, at six and a half, especially with the futures tied up. But I do think that Troy is, is very clearly the better team. And, and, uh, I mean, watching that number, but I don't know we're going to get better than six and a half. 
you you touched on what I'm most curious about, what I'm most interested about this game. You mentioned Troy's defensive echo rate, and it you know, I you mentioned one of the echo rates when Appalachian when Appalachian yes points break when Appalachian State has the ball, it finishes drives. Troy doesn't let that happen. When Troy has the ball, it fails to finish drives, which Appalachian State also struggles. Like this is weakness on weakness in the red zone inside the 40 when Troy has the ball and it's strength on strength when Appalachian State is driving. So it's going to come down to that dynamic of who can finish drives or who can show up when they don't usually. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I like when you have those kind of matches there and it's kind of like who's going to what, what what trend is going to um, open up. That's that's something I have to have for the offseason, Douglas, is a lot more explicit research on like who controls does offense or defense control more of a um, of a of a game. So does it matter more that you're good at finishing drives or matter more that a defense is good at preventing finishing drives? And I think we could have some fun with that this offseason. I look forward to those results. The other thing I look forward to is SMU Tulane. Uh, no Preston Stone for SMU. He's out for the season. We have uh, we've covered man. five in the in the comments saying doesn't matter. Wants to take Tulane on the money, SMU on the money line, and I'm not so sure that's a great idea. Uh, Parker, you're going with a play here that I'll be fully honest. I considered. I noticed how much it fell since Saturday, and I grabbed it on Saturday, which is why I'm not joining you now. But I obviously agree. I lean with you. Yeah, so so one, I have Tulane favorite outright by a decent amount. I have them rated better than than and SMU. your numbers or, do uh, not adjust for Stone no, being. Hold out. on, hold on. I said that backward. I have SMU favored by a good amount, but it does not account for Stone being out. So that's that's the dis, that's the discrepancy here. I I don't know that he's worth um, a Ten. touchdown on the money line, but I, I I don't know. Yeah, so I'm I'm. Not going to play a side in this one because I don't know what SMU's offense is going to look like. That being said, SMU's offense with Stone is 64th in the nation. The key here is SMU's defense that has been super, super nasty. And if you look last week at that Tulane-UTSA game, like we talked about, UTSA had every opportunity uh, and just just gave it away. Uh, Tulane forced a couple fumbles, but I do expect this to be a defensive battle. So this number did get pretty low here, but I actually like an under. I can't believe I'm taking an SMU under, but the games that have gone over for them this year have been games where they either get absolutely blown out, um, but uh, or they absolutely blown out opponent. If you look at like the Oklahoma game, for instance, they can stifle some offenses, and uh, with with this defense, it's been very very good. I've got under 48. That's minus 110. Uh, at Caesars bet MGM. I think we're going to go low scoring here. I think we're going to go completely opposite of what you think of the traditional SMU game is this year. They've been very, very good defensively. And, uh, and Tulane has also been very, very stout. Uh, so I'm going to go with the under in absence of the um, knowledge of, of whether stone is healthy or not. I mean, well, he's not, sorry, stone's not healthy in absence of the knowledge of what SMU's offense looks like without stone. And it's the kind of situation where, both teams will be willing to junk it up. SMU may need to, Tulane, as we saw last week, those four turnovers are how they got the job done. Junking it up, I, I would rather it be 49-50-51 as it was days ago. But the 48, that's about the last number I would take it at, for the yeah, record, yeah, for absolutely. anybody out yeah. there thinking about it. 48 is where you should draw the line for obvious math reasons. Uh, it will be good to have that as the only moment this weekend where there are three games on. Because while we are interested in SMU Tulane, it may be the ugly game. You don't want to watch every single snap. Yep. Because uh, come that. Saturday night, <laughs> we have only two games on. First of all, Parker, you are sitting on a 13-1 to Louisville ticket. 
And boy, for the worst reasons, Jordan Travis injury, that Louisville ticket looks real good right now. Florida State, a two-and-a-half-point favorite in prime time on Saturday night. I don't think you're going to hedge at all. I think you're going to sit there and hope for that to come home. Yeah, absolutely. I think with the injury, it makes that an easy decision. Um, and I will say, uh, I feel very, very great about three things this season. One, I feel great about saying, what if Gundy is going to pull this off and, and having a little bit there? I feel great about saying Cincinnati is a terrible football team and the program's in a really bad spot. And I feel very, very great about saying Louisville, uh, you don't have to play the two best teams in your conference. You're probably going to make it to the conference championship game. And uh, that absolutely worked out here. Uh, the injury obviously can't foresee that, can't account for that. Florida State didn't look totally inept in a rivalry game without um, Travis, but it does, does swing things in Louisville's favor a lot for me, I think, here. I pulled up our future sheet to humble you, but you know what? I'm going to be kind. I'm going to move us forward. I the only should... things that count are me being right. Everything else, I don't care about that. That's fine. Hey, everybody, I'm did you like know Parker's like 21 and 0 on the show this year? You got to start. You got to start moving. You got to swim forward, right? Got to swim forward. Uh, you sound a lot like an Iowa fan. The only thing that matters is you win. And Iowa doesn't do it in a pretty way. And this weekend, I don't think it's going to do it at all. The way we were discussing Michigan earlier, as you can tell, I've moved on to the Big Ten. Uh, we were discussing Michigan earlier. You pointed out that they're starting to show up on the left side of the did you really get beat that bad graph with some frequency. And it's not that they're ever worried about the games. The left side of that graph is where Iowa football resides. I think they've got a nice spread, a few acres. That is where the Ferenc family estate is. Michigan is going to out Iowa, Iowa. This game has a total of 35 and a half. The spread is 23. That's not normal. The Iowa over points total over under in each half is half a point. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's very, very rough. I had someone ask me on Twitter if, you know, where the odds to Iowa is to score. And then they said, you know, Iowa to score a, a, an offensive touchdown versus a special teams touchdown. And I think because Michigan's good enough at special teams that, like, it might actually be more likely that Iowa gets a BS um, big run late and scores an offensive touchdown than they do any kind of special teams magic here. Um, just, I mean, 129th in opponent-adjusted offensive efficiency. 129th. That's not a joke. It's terrible. Um the Big Ten, uh, the last year of Big Ten divisions is going out in the most beautiful possible way. We have the number one or number two team in the country going against an offensive coordinator list, Iowa. It's it's kudos to you, Big Ten. You were I Big Ten to the end. I actually hope that, yes, committing Big Ten committing to the bit in this current iteration, I actually hope Michigan scores 55 points on them. I hope Michigan beats the ever-loving heck out of them because the whole meme of like you could be Iowa and compete okay. nationally. Iowa no, fans already can't. think we hate them. We made our never punt I, logo Iowa colors. I don't even I don't even care. I do. It is it is the dumbest thing because what you do what so complimentary football absolutely exists. Do you know what complimentary football looks like? You need two sides. Football you need, looks you like need that Michigan them. having a great offense, getting up early and then sitting on the game and squeezing the life out of their opponents, right? It does not look like Iowa needing an, ar an arguable call about a punt return wave, whatever, to beat a five and seven Minnesota team. That's not complimentary football. You're bad at offense and you're doing it by design. I'm over it. I hope Michigan beats them by 500. 
So things that have made us angry today, me remembering Stanford beat Washington State, uh, me talking about Texas's inability to finish drives, and the you and the entire existence of Iowa football under Kirk Ferentz. That is never punt, never parlay. We've got a handful of plays this week. Quick recap on them. I'm taking New Mexico State plus 10.5 to win the CUSA. I also have them as a quarter of a unit on the money line to win the CUSA. Then I have Miami of Ohio. Get the job done. Seven in the hook. I'm taking seven in the hook, and I like it, and then I'm going to live dangerously. Quarter of a unit, 245. Go ahead, check Chuck Martin. Get your conference title. Parker, you've got three as well, although actually it's four. I have four here. I'm going to go Texas as the uh, the big favorite in the Big 12 championship, minus 14. I'm going to take UNLV plus two and a half, minus 110, and I'm going to go ahead and just go with the money line. because and you, you said a full unit. There. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'm not scared. Uh, and then SMU Tulane, I'm going to go under 48. That's minus 110 in uh, what may be the nastiest game of the weekend. We should, we should let the folks know we will be here all bowl season, continuing Tuesdays at 4 Eastern, including next week. We're just going to rattle them off 10 games at a time to get you through the bowl season. So tune back in next week, December 5th, 4 p.m. Eastern, here on the Hit the Books HQ channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network. Parker, we missing anything? I think we're good for Douglas Farmer. I'm Parker Fleming. This has been Never Punt, Never Parlay, and we'll see you next Tuesday.